I am fantasy and paranormal romance author Leslie Penelope, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello friends, today is Sunday, January 22nd, 2023, and this is episode 202 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So this week's best thing is also my writing update. Skip right to the good stuff. (laughs) I had this amazing brainstorm this week about my book, The Black Town's Book, which I'm currently starting the revision of. Um, And, you know, this book has been a struggle almost since the beginning. I had I had this great idea. Like, I almost don't want to call it an idea because it was barely an idea. It was a concept. It was a situation. And a lot of my stories actually start as situations. So I don't know why I'm hesitant to call this an idea. It was an idea. It just, like everything else, like all the other very beginnings of ideas, wasn't fully formed. And forming it is like part of the fun. It's like what writing is about for me. Like turning that little kernel, that little seed into something beautiful. But then the situation and then the research that I did and the things that I wanted to include, it was almost like a hodgepodge. And it made sense. It was all connected. But I struggled all the way through the first draft, really understanding what the book was about. For me, when I'm writing a book, I have to know what it's about, in quotes. And I guess that means the theme. It's like, what am I trying to say? Or what does this book believe in? Not like a lesson or anything, but just what is it about? What is the connective tissue that holds it together? Like, what's the nervous system of the book? And usually it's pretty easy. Usually it comes quickly out of the initial idea or after I start building that idea into a story and plotting and all of that. I think I usually get it a little faster. So here we are, beginning the second draft of this book. And, you know, I I had come to other conclusions previously about what the book was about. You know, um, I have note cards So at one point I wrote on this note card, the book is about salvation comes by destroying the old outdated ways of thought and action. And even after this brainstorm that I had this week, that's actually still true. But the way that I got there was different. Another note card says resilience, persistence, survival, community, guilt. Those are all what the book is about. Yes, that is still true. So it's like all of the things I thought it was about are still true. But I hadn't quite gotten to the heart of it. You know, I had all of these ideas, all of these themes I'm playing with. And I wrote a whole draft. And that's why I fast draft, because yet another reason why I like to fast draft, because the act of living through the story, writing the whole thing as fast as I can, no editing, no looking back, usually helps me get there. So yeah, you might be asking, how can you write a whole book and not know what it's about? And I wish I could articulate it better. But it's sort of like the heart of it, like the beating heart of the story that everything else connects to, and that makes everything make sense. And I had characters and story and a plot, you know, and character arcs and all of the stuff that you're supposed to have. And I thought maybe it's like the soul, maybe it wasn't soulless, but I didn't have the right soul, you know, at any rate. Maybe it'll become more clear as I go through how I got there, if it's still unclear for you. 
So I mentioned last week that I had been reading a book called Other Birds by Sarah Addison Allen, which was great. And it was really great inspiration. Totally different kind of story, nothing really similar about it. But just reading that kind of story and seeing how it was put together and seeing what about it moved me, what I liked about it, I think it was just helpful in getting the juices flowing, which is why we fill the well. And so I went back to my characters because I really think she did a great job with having individual unique characters in that book. And I had been having a problem with my characters, which is not usually the problem that I have, um, but at least I'm having new problems and I'm not having the same old problems again and again. So I went back to my character profiles. I do, I had done detailed character profiles of two, the two main characters, the two love interests. And I went back and I knew that I had to tweak them change aspects about their character, like the core stayed the same, but motivations shifted like five to 10 degrees. You know, these aren't huge changes I'm talking about, but they're tweaks that allow me to get a greater understanding and wrap my head around it better. So I tweaked the personalities and the motivations. I realized I hadn't done Enneagrams for these characters. I don't know why, but that could have been a red flag. And then I did a lot of brainstorming. So my style is, you know, character, plot, go back and forth, you know, world building. I actually was doing more world building because that had to be not changed, but I had to go deeper. I had been on a certain level, a certain level of depth, but in order to sort of figure this out and get to that place where I feel really confident and I know what it's about, I had to go deeper. And then I had to revisit what the characters wanted and how they would go about getting what they wanted. And this was lots of spreadsheets. So I had the spreadsheet. I changed things on the spreadsheet based on the new character profiles, based on the, the slightly different angle that I was taking. And I knew I needed to focus on their transformations. One of the problems in the first draft is that some of the side characters aren't having any kind of transformations. The story is very heavily focused on my main character, Jane. It's first person, her POV. And I didn't build out the side characters as much as I think I usually do. So they all had to get arcs of some kind, even if it was just a slight change. But starting with the character and what they want and their arcs allows me to brainstorm possible new scenes that they can do, because the scenes have to be motivated by the character change. I'm always working with that idea that I have written on yet another note card from Lisa Crone, that it's the constant laser beam focus on your protagonist's story-specific inner struggle that will keep you from allowing surface storylines to hijack the story you're telling. I look at that quote a lot and try to remember and incorporate it. So knowing the journey, knowing the changes, knowing what the characters really want, then going all the way through their, not just the detailed character builder profiles. And this is, I do these on onestopforwriters.com. It's, it takes about an hour or two per, you know, per character, depending on how much of it I fill out. I never fill out every single thing because those are very, very detailed, but I was doing more. And I like that, as I said before in previous episodes, that um, it gives you lots of suggestions and I can kind of scan through and be like, oh, is this it? Is this it? No, that's it. And I don't feel like I'm always choosing the same qualities and characteristics and traits that, um, you know, just come into my mind, like having this huge list, you know, from the emotion thesaurus, the emotional wound thesaurus that are all on there, character motivation thesaurus, 
so much stuff that allows me to just to dive deeper and really sit with these characters, who they are. What did I have on the page that I want to keep that is sort of that fixed point of these characters and what needs to change? Like I said, the core is staying the same. It's just some of the dressings, the wrappings, shifting a few degrees, but it makes all the difference. So I did the character stuff. I went back to theme and I went back to my mind map and I started to do another mind map on the idea of memory because memory was coming to the forefront as I was doing this character work. I realized that memory was a really important theme in their lives. One character is trying to forget the past. One character is trying to bury the past. One character is sort of living in the past. And memory had been on my mind map, but I hadn't realized until I was doing the character work how important it actually is and how I can make the characters more full by kind of focusing on these aspects of them. If this character's arc is to go from forgetting the past to reconciling with it, that gave me a lot to go on. So I realized one of the big tensions in the book is memory versus progress. All these characters sort of obsessed with memory um, in their different ways. It was it was stopping their forward motion, their progress. And that was a kind of another step in this brainstorm. I was like, oh, I have to make memory and the idea of memory versus progress kind of takes under stage. It was already there, but but I wasn't conscious of it. So part of this work is just me becoming conscious of what I'm actually talking about. And it's like my subconscious knows what the book is about. I, I couldn't, I didn't know. And until I know and feel comfortable in it, everything is so much harder. The other thing I realized was that the other big force, big theme is individual versus community. And I had done lots of research on different aspects of that. And since this is a story about an all-Black town, but I'm also bringing in, just like I did with Monsters We Defy, sort of African and African diasporic religion, culture, mythology, legends, things like that, that's at play here too. And so I had done lots of research on various concepts about African ideas of community and how that related to sort of the cosmology and religious traditions and things like that. So it was there, but I didn't realize how important it was. And so I kind of identified characters who that was the theme, like the individual versus the community and how that relates to this town that I'm building that I really want to come alive in the same way that I made DC come alive in the monsters we defy. But that was real DC. And my task was to find these grounding points um, in the real history. This is an invented town. I have several towns that I'm using as inspiration and basing various aspects on. But this town had to have its own soul and character. And I realized it has a motto. And part of this town, which is a safe haven for Black people who have been, you know, kicked out of other places during racial unrest, you know, that's one of the themes, that's one of the backstories of it. I I realized that because that's the history of so many people in this town, the, the motto of the town would be never backwards, ever forwards. And then as I was researching that, I saw that that was basically a theme, a, um, reverse quote from Kwame Nkrumah from Ghana of, and I went down a whole other rabbit hole. But yeah, so this idea of memory, of trying to make progress and escape the the terror and the, and the 
pain of the past. But then, of course, there's the idea of Sankofa, which is you have to look to the past to be able to move forward to the future. And that's another West African concept. So then I have these these main forces in conflict, the idea of the the individual versus community, and also memory versus progress. And then I have another note card on my desk that says, subplots should resonate or conflict with the controlling idea or theme. The subplots need to complicate or enhance the main plot. And so I looked at my subplots. And one of the things that I knew I needed to do from talking to my editor is make the side characters more rich. And there are many subplots, but I need to strengthen them. And in order to strengthen them, I felt like they had to resonate or conflict with the main theme, the main plot. So yeah, kind of just digging into that, finding out the obstacles to each of these side characters, um, subplots. Part of it was making sure the sub the side characters had their own goals, their own arcs. I don't know how much of it we're going to see. It's going to be in the background. Like still Jane's story. But I think I was talking about that last week too. So yeah, going through my research, going through some of the resources that I had, you know, read months and months ago, just refreshing myself on the notes that I'd taken. So all of that had got me thinking about an article that I had read a long time ago. And I couldn't find any evidence of it, but I managed to remember the the general concept of it. And it was on collective effervescence. And I actually downloaded this book like a couple of years ago for another project that was on Gutenberg. Like um, the copyright had, it's an old, old book. So the copyright had gone out and it's on Gutenberg. And I don't think I ever got around to reading it. Like I skimmed part of it and I didn't have time to read it now. But I found an article, a few articles on this idea of collective effervescence, which is about community. It's an idea from um, a philosopher or a sociologist named Durkheim from back in the day. And it's the idea of, you know, the energy and harmony we get when we're, when groups, groups of people come together for a shared purpose. Think a concert, um, church, you know, any sort of a festival, the energy that you feel from that. Regardless of whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, I think there's something baked into our humanity that gets energy from being around other people for this collective goal or collective purpose. And that was really the thing that blew it wide open for me. So I started reading different articles on that idea. And it goes back to the idea of community, which is what ostensibly the story is about. It's about this town and how we're going to save this town, this community, this refuge. But inside of that, I just needed to understand more. That's all I can really say. And the things that I was reading in these articles were just really resonating with me. I felt like, oh, there's stuff there. There are these kernels that have already laid, these seeds that I've already planted in the story that I just need to cultivate and help them grow. And the original theme that I wrote Whenever I wrote this note card about salvation comes by destroying the old, outdated ways of thought and action, it's about memory versus progress, right? But I think the idea is that you can't hide from the past to make progress. You have to reconcile and make your peace with the past in order to make progress. And that's what the book is about. And on some level, I knew that, but I needed to know it in a different way. And I needed to express it differently. And I needed to have different vocabulary and grounding for it. 
there are a bunch of other things that I was researching and um, rereading and things I'd already made notes of and highlighted. And I'm like, oh, no, that's that's really good. I forgot that I'd highlighted that and that didn't make its way in. But now I'm going to try to work it in more consciously. So it was a really good week of being a person who was high input <laughs> and needs to consume a lot of things in order to get the story out of me. It has to come from somewhere. It has to be focused on something. And I think maybe Monsters was a little bit easier in some ways because of, it was a real place and there was so much real history that I was working with and then layering on top my own ideas about it, how I was going to work the magic system. But this was this book is a little bit closer to me having to make up everything, which is fine. Like I enjoy it. I'm having a lot of fun, even though it's a lot of work. And I feel so exhilarated now that I have this brainstorm. Like the, these sparks of inspiration, these things that you work really hard for feel so good. And I know everyone doesn't write this way. Like I'm very aware <laughs> that everyone doesn't need this. And some people can just write a story about some things and things happen and they're fine. I find that really hard to do. So this was wonderful for me. I feel great. And I don't know if this is helpful for anyone else, especially if you don't write this way. But at least I can share with you the trials and tribulations of getting to this point. Now I need to refine the magic system and because I was never quite happy with what I had. It was, you know, I brainstormed different things and I was making connections with the magic system, but they weren't, they weren't deep enough. So now that I have this new understanding, I can go even deeper with the magic system. And I'm sure that I'll be much, much happier with it, along with everything else that I'm unhappy with right now. In other news, and speaking of history, uh, TBRCon is happening right now as we speak, as I'm recording, and I will be participating in a panel on Wednesday, January 25th, entitled Bringing History into Your Story. And it's got some great authors on this panel, including P. Jelly Clark and Tasha Surrey, and I'm so excited to be talking with them and the rest of the panel about this. We'll be hearing more about real-life history in your story, which is what I'm all about for the next year or so, at least, and probably probably beyond because I'm enjoying it so much. But yes, check that out. It's on the FanFi Addict YouTube channel. Link is in the show notes. Hope to see you there. And finally, in recommendations, last weekend, my husband was like, oh, are you interested in watching The Last of Us? And I'm like, not really. But he turned it on and I ended up watching it. Now, the Last of Us is on HBO. It's um, this new post-apocalyptic zombie show based on a video game that my husband played. Now, I'm not a gamer, but I did watch most of this game over his shoulder uh, whenever this was many, you know, several years ago. And so I know the story. I'm very familiar with the characters and the story, even though I didn't watch every single time he played. I watched enough that I, and I watched the end. It was excellent. It was very slow and deliberate the way that they did the first episode. But I appreciated it. I think it might be a little too slow for him. We'll see if he continues watching. I really liked it. So even if you're not familiar with the video game, check it out. They do a, such an amazing job of adapting the game. And the game was so great because it, it was so, the story was, was built so well. So they could kind of lift it and then, you know, adapt it and, and expand on certain things, but not have to change too much. I do wish I liked video games because I think there's a lot of good storytelling happening there, but can't do everything. Also, we watched the movie Missing, which stars Nia Long and Storm Reid. 
I really liked that. Similar to that film with John Cho, Searching, I think the same people were behind it, where it all takes place on the screen. And every time you're looking at a video, it's sourced in the world. So it's either the webcam or the phone or the watch or the doorbell cam. And you're seeing everything she's doing on the screen to find her missing mom. And it's so twisty. So many twists. Too many twists, maybe? But I really liked it. I really recommend it. I have a problem with twists. And I know one of the other <laughs> things about this book I'm working on is my editor's like, yeah, you need you need some twists. Everything just kind of happens. And I'm like, yeah, twists. So now I'm thinking, I have like I have a little twist in there, but it's not good enough. It's not really I don't do enough to build it up. And yeah, this movie twists and turns out the yin yang. So another thing I'm gonna be working on as I rework this book. Good inspiration for twists. So, so yes. My goals for the coming week, um, keep writing. I've been working on Beastly Kingdom this whole time. It's just moving right along. Still a little behind schedule, but um, that's how schedules work. And continuing the plotting. I'm really trying to get to a point where I'm writing in the beginning of February. I need to be. I need those full two months to rewrite the entire book. (laughs) But now that I've had this brainstorm, I feel like that's very possible, so... That's me this week. I hope that you have a wonderful week. Um, the course is going well. I've got the first four modules with the beta testers and we're on track. I- I'm not going to say a date. I think I said February 1st last week. That may or may not happen, but we're moving along. I've got three more modules to record and edit and then some other extra videos and some bonus stuff. And will that happen by February 1st? It is unlikely, but we'll see. We're not making any <laughs> promises yet. So yeah. I will talk to you next week and have a wonderful week. For episode show notes and to sign up for the footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriends.net. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, watch the video episodes on YouTube, and you can email me at lpnlp at podcast at lpnlp.com. I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. And My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcast.